0: In lightning, inspirational. inspirational, powerfully, powerfully, refining. powerfully, refining. powerfully refining. refining, and unapologetically, unapologetically controversial, conversations with the royal impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your coindom and become the royal empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the royal empress. Now, Akiba, she's the analytical empress. Akima, she's the empress that will challenge you. And Lakage Nadira, she's the empress who tells it like it is. Now, Straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress.
1: Welcome to Conversations with the Royal Empress. Joining me for part two of self-forgiveness. This week are my fellow royal empresses and co-hosts, Akila and Lakashe Nadir. Listen in as we continue our conversation from last week.
2: Um, when you were talking earlier, Akila, it made me think about um, when you mentioned you not having to or the indifference and you feeling as if, you know, that's like your issue, kind of like what you talked about earlier. So as I thought about the eight steps of atonement, I started thinking about even the person who has not done anything wrong. And in this case, it was you. It's still possible for you to go through those steps, but for you, exactly Not, like this don't got nothing to do with that other person exactly. it's just like let me kind of go step by step and just like make sure that there's nothing that i'm holding on to okay step one i'm pointing out the wrong this mother utter utter did utter 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 okay i'm acknowledging it you know <laughs> okay i'm confessing you know the fault but you don't have anything to confess at this point. Your but your your confession is that yes, it's a little different from me acknowledging that it happened. But even just to to share it, you just confessed it right now with us in a sense. Because what if you've never talked about it before? What if, like Amaya Angelo, who remained silent was mute for years? The confession was within inside of herself in the creator. But she she didn't tell anybody. You know, she held it. Then the repent. Well, who is the repentance for? Can't be for me, kidding. No, because I ain't done nothing wrong. What am I repenting? Um, and then the atonement. So, what is the atonement? The beautiful thing about atonement, and that's number five, actually is that there are two things in that atonement. And Mother Tynetta, she would speak often about that. It's the atone, you know, that perfect sound, if you will, or connection. But really dealing with self-reproach. um, And it goes to just being like in alignment. So you getting to a point where, you know what, I'm good with this. Like it happened. Like you talked about the indifference. Not that I'm good with it, Like, but I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm at one. Like I don't have any allegiance. I don't owe anybody anything. I owe myself something. And i decided to be at one. Perfect place for me. Um, and then forgiveness. Okay. Again, you don't owe that person anything. You don't have to to forgive them, but do you hold on to anything where you need to forgive yourself? And so now you're exploring. Do I need to forgive myself for something? Did I feel shame? Well, let me forgive myself for feeling the shame that I felt. Did I feel dirty? Did I feel anything that was a direct um, effect Because of the way this person made me feel. Then let me forgive myself for that. And then reconciliation and restoration. So now you're restoring yourself, you know. And then again, perfect union with God. So even though the eight steps of atonement did not, you didn't go down those steps with that other person because it didn't have anything to do with them at all. You turned it inwardly. And you went down it with yourself because in some cases with this process it's not gonna it really won't have anything to do with the other person. The other person could be dead. The other person may not even be you may not even know where the hell they are on the planet. You may not know whether or not they're living or dead. It could have been somebody. Let's say it was my cousin that I'm talking about or let's say it was somebody else. I won't use him. But let's say it was somebody else and let's say they live. Somewhere else, I didn't even know I'll never run into them ever again. But it was something that it was internal with me and it bothered me. Then I had to go through those steps with myself. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this process is that it allows anybody, no matter what side of the coin they're on, whether it be heads or whether it be tails, it still allows for them to go through the process. And derive at the the last step, which is perfect union with God.
3: I just want to point one thing out, though. Mm -hmm. In terms of when you say, well, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. The problem is that sometimes people who experience stuff like that do feel like they did something.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: definitely. And -hmm. even though you didn't, but that's what Mm -hmm. you have to reconcile in your mind is that you didn't do anything wrong and you didn't do anything to cause it. And you didn't do any, anything at all. And I think that that's where sometimes that, that guilt lies. Or sometimes people feel responsible. Children will feel responsible for something like that because they'll feel like they caused some kind of conflict in their family. Like when they say something about it. And so now you feel like you've ruined something or whatever. So you do have to go through that process to forgive yourself. And I think the acknowledgement of the wrong is acknowledging that you didn't
2: do wrong. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And so we do have to do that, and
3: I think that that is definitely part of that process. So when you say you got to admit the wrong, you got to admit it, but then
2: you got to examine it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Admit, examine. Huh. Yeah.
3: Because it's not your wrong, and so you got to put it where 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 it actually belongs. But again, that's why self. Forgiveness is important. And I think that's even that, that whole thing about self first, then others. You do have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And because here's the thing. Even if I say I did you wrong, right? And I come to you and apologize because I want to clear my conscience or I want to do whatever. And you say, I don't accept your apology. I don't forgive you. Then what do you do with that? You still have to learn to forgive yourself. Yeah, yeah. Whether that person accepts your apology or not,
2: you know, <laughs> right? Because it kind of goes back to I think uh, Dr. Akima pointed this out earlier, or it might have been you. It's like okay, just because that person did not acknowledge it and receive it, are you going to hold that? Hold on to that? Are you going to just still be like, well, they didn't forgive me, or you're going to need to forgive? You know, no. Because at the end of the day, it's still it's still your stuff. It's still your ish. It's your stuff. It's not theirs. And it was something you just said though. It kind of made me think about something that I oftentimes mentioned, you know, when I do workshops, I, I have this one and I call it a return to sender. And it's simply, that's just what it means. When like mail comes to your house, it does not even have your name on it. Do you know that it's a federal offense to open it? To open somebody else's mail, okay? The Postal Service will be at your door. <laughs> but if it's not yours, return it to sender. So you simply put on the mail, return to sender. That's what I've been taught since I was a little girl. You stick it back out there on the mailbox, tuck it tightly in between, you know, when the mailman comes and does his rounds the next day, he'll take it, he'll see it, and he'll put it back in his bag, and he'll take it to who it belongs to. And so when we get things that don't belong to us, the problem is that we want to open up the dangle mail. It didn't have your name on it. Why are you meddling in somebody else's business? Why are you taking their stuff on it? It's not yours. So if it's not yours, get it up off of you. Don't even allow it. And it's it, wow. At this times, we'll open something up, and we'll open up a can of worms or rats. We'll open up a big old surprise, and it will cost us severely. And it'll be that something that we won't be able to close back. It's like that box, y'all remember that? I don't know if you guys had one of those boxes growing up. The thing that you would wind up, you know, it had. It was like a music box, and it made that that oh. sound. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then it would just pop up a surprise. I was always terrified of that thing. I was, oh my God, I would cry. <laughs> so we don't want to open something up. <laughs> and we can't put it back in the box simply because, you know, we wanted to, um, I don't know, we wanted to mind somebody else's business and it wasn't ours, there's ours to mind.
3: Sometimes we feel guilty about doing harm to someone who we feel, how am I trying to say this? Somebody can walk through the door with baggage and then something that you do can make that person just seem like they just fall apart and it's all your fault, but they had that baggage already. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really do anything. Maybe you triggered something. But the one thing we also have to acknowledge as people is that sometimes people come fragile and damaged, and it is not your duty to pay for the sins of other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody has experienced a lot of hardship and a lot of stuff has been wrong, done wrong to them and all of that, sometimes we also carry that guilt and we don't want to be another person to add to the garbage, but then... We deny ourselves um, because we're trying not to do something or or we're manipulated into believing that we've caused some harm that we really didn't have anything to do with so I'm just saying that we <laughs> that as we're talking about this all this stuff, there is still another side, and there is a part of it where we have to use discernment too when we're out here feeling guilty and when we're seeking forgiveness because are you, being, are you feeling guilty about something and needing to be forgiven for something that you've really been manipulated into believing? Mm-hmm. So when I talk about somebody's perception too, the perception that you did me wrong and you're like, well, I don't really see that I did you wrong. Because pr- sometimes you really haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there that that, that, that that does happen as well. And we do have to be careful of what, because somebody can make you to really feel back. Nar- you know, we've talked about narcissism. Mm-hmm. A narcissistic person can have you thinking you've done everything in the world wrong. And you walking around here like a basket case, feeling guilty and feeling the need to atone and to apologize. And, and you're the one actually being done wrong.
2: Wow, that's, that's something because what, it, what I thought about immediately, you're so right. Some of us have an apologetic personality. Mm. Like we go around apologizing for stuff all the time. I mean, we see this every day. Trust me. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? You know, I, it's like we automatically, somebody could be walking down the street and, you know, you don't even bump into them and in person. I'm sorry. I'm, people apologize before it's even necessary. Have so to- you live an I'm sorry kind of life. Because somewhere in your life, someone has made you feel guilty about something and you have carried it like a cape. You've carried it and put it on and have attached it to yourself like a snuggly blanket that you can't seem to break apart from and rebuke you right now. Rebuke it in the name of something. Get it off of you (laughs) because it's so unfair. It's so unfair for us. Mm-hmm. And let me just, because I'm switching gears just a little bit, not too much. As a people, we walk around kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Akilah. We walk around as a people, apologetic for everything. Yes. You about it. You talked about it from a forgiveness standpoint where we feel the need to constantly have to forgive people. But we also walk around apologizing for everything, even for other people. Mm -hmm. We apologize for people that we don't even know. How often have we done that? Seen somebody act a clown or act a fool. And then we come out and we apologize on their behalf to the people, to our oppressors. I'm sorry, child, that you had to see this. This ain't me. This is not how I am. So I feel the need to apologize for a whole race of people because of one person. That's not who told you that you have to keep apologizing. What experiences have we had? And this is why this atonement process, it's really a therapeutic process. It's therapy. It is a opportunity for someone without the maybe assistance of another person to really go through their self therapy. And when we as a people for years, 400 and plus years are so used to being in a position where we either have been forced or have made, been made to feel um some kind of way. <laughs> and therefore, the result of it is that we have to keep either forgiving somebody that we shouldn't have to, or keep apologizing for something that we did not do, then it definitely means that we've suffered a great below or deal of trauma. And if we don't get to the root of it, what happens is that we pass this garbage down to our offspring. And this is why we walk around or we see our children running around scared or running around doing the same thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For, you know, It's like so they repeat the cycle. So we really have to rebuke this spirit. We got to rebuke it in the name of something. <laughs> I keep saying that. We got to rebuke. I'm serious. We got to rebuke this, this, this spirit because we cannot allow past traumatic spirits and energies to continue to hover around us and have us feeling guilty or apologetic or sorry or forgiving when that's not even our role that's not even our place i was going to tell you it happened yesterday to so, um, mm-hmm.
3: when you when you were talking about people saying I'm sorry I was in the store yesterday and you know how when you're going down the aisle and you say excuse me Mm -hmm. and the lady immediately says oh I'm sorry and I said to her and it's funny that you said that I said to her I said you didn't do anything Mm -hmm. I said don't you don't need to say you're sorry Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get past so excuse me okay that's sufficient but People do that. So you just reminded me of that when you were talking about that because it literally, literally just happened. And the lady, for the first thing she said was, "I'm sorry." But we're programmed. Yeah, and, and I'm it's like, interesting. In the aisle, you were here before I was here. Yeah. I came down the aisle that you were standing in, doing your shopping. Your cart is over to the side. It's really blocking
2: the aisle. You know, just, so- you said something really deep right there. You just. See, I can't. I can't take this forgiveness. I can't take this (laughs) conversation too much longer. But what you just said is, you said you were here before I was here. Mm -hmm. Was our people not here before (laughs) someone came to invade us? Damn. (laughs) You know know what? what? Continue to apologize. (laughs) You walking Akeelah down an aisle that somebody was already there. Before you got there. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, I'm sorry. We're living in the hells of North America and all over the planet. Well, we already, we we, this is ours. We were already here. Someone came and invaded our land, but yet we continue to say, I'm sorry. Listen up, y'all. Come on, we got to take these shackles off.
1: (laughs) Woo! That's deep, like you said.
2: Got
1: to free ourselves. You know, if we in, in our attempt to be humble, we humiliate ourselves. That's what we do. We mm. think that we think that's humility. Oh, I'm sorry. And I got that bad. I said being humble. But really, I'm humiliating myself. And people who do that, we don't realize how humiliate. It makes you look weak. You know, mm. so or it, it comes it, we almost say come across it. It is weakness. You can't be apologizing for something you didn't do. Thanks for sharing that, Akita, because I need to hear that myself. I'm like, I'm gonna start watching it. I may yeah. bump somebody. I, they may bump me and I'm assuming that I bumped them. And really, they bumped me. So we need to, we need to oh my God, we need to get out of that trying to having that misunderstanding of what humility is.
2: And then the language, too. You know, I know I correct my children all the time. I don't even, it's rare that you'll hear me say, I'm sorry for anything. I will say, I apologize, I apologize. but I will not say I'm sorry because what I'm not is sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm far from sorry. I'm a hell of a queen with a crown. Queens don't get sorry, okay? Mm-hmm. But so I, you know, the language, we can keep saying, I'm sorry if I want to, and we'll be we'll find ourselves in a sorry condition a sorry spirit and so we begin to create an atmosphere of sorriness so no yeah we got to change it up change up a language part of that is why
3: sometimes it's so hard for us to forgive ourselves mm because we're carrying around hundreds of years of guilt for even being here. Mm. Woo! Wow. (laughs) That you find it difficult to even move on, to even let things go, because you've been taught for so long that you don't matter anyway. Mm. You're a nuisance. Mm. So you're carrying that guilt around and it's it's all up in you. You got to let it out. You got to let it go. You have to forgive yourself because you're apologizing for things that you didn't even do. Man, 400 years of it. <laughs> That's a lot of guilt to be carrying. It's a lot and, and, but I'm, I'm but I'm saying but we but we are. And so yes. But we're also look at this. When we talk about when I mentioned about you worried about getting an apology from somebody because you stuck. Mm. How long have we been waiting for an apology? from this country for kidnapping, raping, doing all of this stuff to us. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, damn, Masa won't apologize to me. So wow. you still carry that spirit. So when somebody stepped on your shoes and they don't apologize, you running around and you got that grudge, it's all up in, you can't let that shit go.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is, this is real fun. That is um, real talk, is, boy. That's 100. Because, you know, really, Akila. I mean, really, this is this is some profound stuff. This It's is, is, is layered. It really is. Because. Understand why you
3: <laughs> give yourself and understand why you holding on and you need somebody else to apologize to you for the stuff yeah. that they need. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that people shouldn't apologize. That's not my point. Right. But you can't be holding on, waiting on an apology. That may never come, huh? That may never it may come. come. Never come. If, you, if, you, if your parents wronged you in your childhood and you can't move forward because nobody apologized to me, sit your ass on a couch somewhere. Get, get over it, huh? <laughs> get good therapy and
1: move Call on. Call like for some therapy sessions,
3: huh? Well, I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> Man. Let me, let me say this. This is something that, that and, and this may be a stretch. I don't know. But one of the things that I did... When I had my child in the hospital, I told him, don't give my child a pacifier. Mm. They had to put it on the isolate. No pacifier per mom is what it said on his little whatever that thing is called a little crib. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Just the way you describe that story for her mother.
3: <laughs> so, so they, anyway, but the reason that I did that was because I said from the very beginning what I needed my child to learn how to do from the beginning is self-soothe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, that's deep, sis. That's deep. And when we don't know how to self-soothe, we're looking for something outside of ourselves to comfort us. Yeah. Ugh. That's why you need apologies. Yeah, yeah. That's why you need this. I can't do this if I don't get this. I'm not gonna feel this way if I don't get that. Cause you never learned how to soothe yourself to begin with. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a conscious yes.
3: effort that you have to make. And so it's a reprogramming,
2: it's a retraining that we have to do. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of reprogramming and retraining that we have to do, when you were speaking earlier, what came to my mind was reparations. And it's interesting that out of all the different people on the planet who've been disrespected and who deserve an apology most, we are the ones who have yet to receive one. But as I think about the conversation and how this relates to us not getting our reparations, it's more of a blessing really than not. And the reason, and, and, and I'm speaking more from, from a spiritual standpoint, because the fact that we haven't gotten one, it forces us to the same way with an apology. If I don't get an apology from you, am I going to remain stuck in this condition because you chose not to apologize to me for something that you know that you've done wrong? Master, can you please give me my 40 acres? Master, can you please get. No. Get up and do something for yourself. The one of the most misunderstood men on the planet, to me. Is the most honorable Elijah Muhammad because people misunderstood him in calling a spade a spade, calling things out for what they were. So sometimes people were like, Well, why you got to worry about what he did? No, because you need to be clear. You need to know your history. But at the same time, he was not telling his followers to sit around begging people to give them something. No, he said, This is the thing. He did it. You need to know it. We all need to be clear so we can know what it looks like. But now you need to get up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get busy doing something for you. Jews have had reparations. Our native brothers and sisters have had some sort of reparations. And I can go on and on and on and on and on about people who've had reparations. But the black man and woman have not had reparations. But you're seeing slowly but surely, slowly but surely, you're seeing us rise because we are the cream of the crop. You're seeing the cream rise to the top for the the simple fact that we didn't get what we were due. Now being forced to have to go back and go back to the table and be creative to say, you know what? but you didn't give me it didn't, it didn't make no sense or it, it doesn't make a difference in my life anyway, because I'm about to create something 10 times better than anything that you ever thought you took away from me. It forces the person to go inwardly and it forces that person to skip and go right back to number eight, which is perfect union with God. Because when I formed that perfect union with God, when I formed the perfect union with God now, I actually put myself out of a position of need to be accepted or anything that I might need outwardly and I turn it inwardly to say I can depend on my God and I can depend on myself. So forget your reparations. Forget your forgiveness. As long as I know that I'm good, then I can keep moving forward and I can keep elevating higher and higher until I reach that place of a perfect place, a peace.
3: And that's why I said before, it's up to you. I don't have to even, you're atone, you atoning for your sins and, 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 and doing all of that really isn't contingent on somebody else forgiving you anyway. Right. That's really the bottom line. If you're, truly, if you're truly repentant, if you truly atone for something, it's going to show in your actions. It's going to show in your life. It, 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 you're, going, you're going to walk differently. You're going to talk differently. You're going to look differently. It's, it's like that, now I, got, now I got a song for you. It's like that old guy <laughs> I got a new way to walk right now since I've been born again. And mm. when we talk about being born again, we're talking about that atonement, that perfect. Union with God. Right? So, mm-hmm. okay, sister. <laughs> sister. so you don't need me to forgive you if you have truly atoned and truly repented. Right. But I also can forgive myself and I don't need to look for your apology. Mm-hmm. If I've actually forgiven myself and I actually understand that and I actually learned how to self-soothe. I'm going to do it independent of you. Doesn't excuse you, doesn't mean that you shouldn't do better, but actions speak louder than words anyway. So you apologizing to me and saying, I'm sorry is a bunch of pretty words until I see it in action. Mm-hmm. And so that you do to show that you are truly repentant and that you truly apologize for your actions. We see a whole bunch of people right now in the news they say something well i want to apologize i didn't really mean to sound racist even though i'm a racist right <laughs> oh i mean seriously so so apologies apologies can be very empty that's why the work you have to do has to be inside of you that's why the self forgiveness has to happen because somebody can apologize so if you're just waiting on somebody's pretty words that's going to make you feel better what if they're just saying it to be saying it? what if they're just apologizing to you so that they can get back in your good graces to screw you over again so we have to understand that the work really begins with us and we have to be okay with ourselves and whatever we've done whatever position that we put ourselves in, we have to be okay with us with or without an apology and still be careful with apologies too. So unless I see something different in, in the way you move and the way you act, snake can apologize. Don't make it not be a snake normal.
2: Teach on that one. All righty then.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> now we have this, I mean, We can never rise to a higher spiritual level when we're we're so concerned with whether or not people accept us. We're too worried about how other people feel about us. But you're not worried about how God feel about you. It's something twisted there. That's why we can never reach a higher spiritual level where a worldly situation won't affect us spiritually like it does. We're too concerned with what everybody thinks. You will never find happiness that way.
3: Never. A lot of, there's a lot of damaged people out there. And it's a lot of people, but like I said, that's sometimes things have happened to you in your childhood. And I think those are the, those are the hardest traumas and the hardest pains to let go of, I believe. And I think that's where we get, as we, as we dig deep inside of things, it's, you know, maybe you never learned how to forgive. The act of forgiveness sometimes has to be something that's taught to people. Some things that happen to us in our childhood is ingrained sometimes. And so we walk around with a lot of guilt from childhood. And I think sometimes without a person getting the proper care or coming into the proper information, or really understanding and learning how to let things go, how to forgive and what they need, it makes it harder for them to, to forgive people, to learn how to be forgiven, to ask for forgiveness. I just think some of that is related to how people are, are raised and how they're brought up and what it is that happens to them as young people in something being in, ingrained in them. So even when I say that there are people out there who have no soul, who have no this, and some of that is the way, is the trauma that they've actually experienced. Usually at a young age, usually at a young age. And they haven't been taught proper things. And then I was thinking how we as parents, we constantly teach our children to kind of say they're sorry. I wanted yeah. to go back there when you were talking about when, when the children are playing and they'll what do you tell your child? Say tell so and so you're sorry. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: yep. Say sorry. you're sorry. Yes. Yeah, say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Say you
2: sorry. And then when they grow up to be some sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just what we all say. I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, this has really been a um it's been a, a really good um topic and as always, I always um, appreciate the challenger because she always comes bringing the truth and being able to challenge us. So what you got for us today, Doc?
1: Okay, let me get ready because you know I love my challenges. <laughs> I think the, the, the most important challenge is you have to commit to wanting to forgive self. And you got to accept that. That's something that you have to want to do. You have to want to have that desire. So I challenge people to forgive self. It's something you're dealing with right now. I know you're dealing with it. I can feel the energy. You're dealing with something right now, and you need to forgive yourself in order for you to move on. That's that first step. Got to commit to doing it. The second challenge is familiarize yourself with eight steps steps of atonement. And that is something that you need to familiarize with so that you can help go through that process of forgiving self. The next challenge is I need you to read The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. I think that's how you say his last name. Excellent book. Excellent book because he addresses the laws of detachment, the laws of giving and receiving. Excellent book. You got to read that one. I just got through finish. I just got to read it. I finished it in like two days, two or three days. I love the book. It's gonna stay in my bookshelf. I'm not gonna get rid of it. So those are my challenges for this topic.
2: And if you don't mind, if I can just you you one of your challenges you mentioned um, the eight steps of atonement. So if I'll just run them down real quick again, so that everybody sure. can have them. We'll be sure to make sure we add it to the Royal Empress page on Facebook as well as our conversations with the Royal Empress page, so that you'll have them. Number one, point out the wrong. Number two, acknowledge the wrong. Number three, confess the fault. And you're confessing that fault to God first and then to the person. Number four, repenting. Number five, atoning. Number six, forgiveness. Number seven, to reconcile and restore. And number eight is perfect union with God. Those are the eight steps of atonement, as was given um, by Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in 1995 at the um, Holy Day of Atonement, or Million Man March.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. I know that's a lot to take in. But remember, listeners, this is a process. It's like trying to take a steak and try to eat it all in one bite. You gotta slice it, you gotta cut it up, slice it and dice it, chew it and then swallow it. So understand that this is not a quick process and you have to be patient with yourself and with the process. I wanna thank you all for joining us this week with Conversations of the Royal Empress. We look forward to you joining us next week for our next topic.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization, all rights reserved.